welcome to the second episode of Tremendous Upside. I'm Dave Fimbo. And I'm Naraz Sangvi. Right on time. And uh, we thought we'd open up the discussion tonight with a little bit of the Judd Apatow slash Frat Pack uh, movie business. And especially with our thoughts on the new movie, uh, we got Seth Rogen's um, observe observe and report coming out, and just see what we think about where the movies uh, are going in general. And uh, where do you want to start with on this, Bernsey? Um, well, actually, there's been a couple of movies recently that seem to be in that Apatow genre, though I don't know how many of them actually fall in it because I haven't really paid too much attention. Because uh, I know the is I Love You Man an Apatow movie. Uh, apparently not, but it, it, it does, I mean, the Paul Rudd, you know, and then the Forgetting Sarah Marshall guy, you know, yeah. definitely has that feel, but. Right, fair enough. So, I, I suppose my main beef with the Apatow movies is that, you know, Anchorman, 40-Year-Old Virgin sort of started it off, and since then I feel like it's sort of devolved, and... They haven't been as funny, and in particular, they've been trying to replace the comedy with uh, profanity, obscenity, what what have you. Uh, in particular, Superbad. So, and I, I know that you, in fact, own Superbad. Is this correct? Yes, it's true. And in fact, I, I it's funny because I, I went a different direction with it. I I agree that his movies have been changing direction to something more that I don't really like, but. For me, uh, rather than becoming more vulgar, it's been more of a thing of uh, it's become more about like, you know, like the buddy buddy guys and those kinds of movies. And it's become I I still do think it's become less about like being completely hilarious and ridiculous like uh, Anchorman and 40 year old virgin were. So to some extent, I guess we're on the same page. But yeah, for Superbad, like, I I don't know, I, I just thought that thing was hilarious I saw I saw it with Matt actually and both of us were laughing our asses off at that so I don't know I guess well, it might be a difference here, in preference here's my beef with Superbad is that you get Michael Sarah, and his strength is you know where he's you know playing the awkward you know and he was that awkward teenager in this movie but they weren't using him effectively, I didn't think. And I, I suppose it brings up a larger question, which is, you know, what makes comedy funny? Is it the actors themselves or is it the writing? Yeah. And I guess, what, what's your take on that? And then maybe we all can get into that discussion. Is it the uh, actors or is it the writing? I think for me, more of it comes from the actors, I would say. Because, yeah, like, I mean, in in uh, super bad it's not like there's like a complicated plot or that they're really trying to even go anywhere necessarily with the plot what was funny to me were like the situations and the way they set up the characters i mean you know like having like bill Hader be this ridiculous cop hanging out with mclovin or having uh mike both michael Sarah and mclovin hanging out with jonah hill and the three of them and their dynamic was to me it was really funny well, I think that's, you know, maybe the root of the issue is because I think that 
you know, what drives comedy is the writing. And, you know, I'll, I'll go back to Arrested Development as my example for that. You know, the actors themselves, while they, we've, you know, came to love them as comics, you know, before the, you know, we didn't know Jeffrey Tambor, we didn't know, you know, Will Arnett really before that. Right. And it's, I think it was really the writing that, you know, creates the humor. And I think that, you know, if you go back and you look at, you know, Anchorman, 40-Year-Old Virgin, you know, it had the actors, but it was the writing and, the, like, the layers of jokes, you know, even the more subtle, smaller stuff that you didn't even catch the first time is really what makes it more of a, you know, modern classic. Well, yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree that in, like, 40-Year-Old Virgin, your jokes are a lot wittier and less, like, in your face than they are in something like Superbad. But, I don't know, to me, somehow that doesn't really detract from how funny it is, even even in that case. Now, have you seen Pineapple Express? Yes, I have. I, I thought it was pretty good. I didn't, I didn't find it as hilarious as, like, all the other stuff, but uh, I, I found it pretty funny. See, I found that to be, you know, perhaps, you know, I think clearly like the worst in, you know, if you call this a series or a franchise or whatever. Yeah. But I, I just thought that it totally, uh, it just didn't have any cleverness to it, and it was just sort of, you know... Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of another one that fits right in the mold that we're talking about because really, I mean, the reason I found it funny was James Franco and Seth Rogen and the two of them together were hilarious. And I would definitely agree that there was no redeeming plot or any anything of interest in that kind of context. Well, that's, I think, you know, for me, like Seth Rogen, you know, he isn't funny in and of himself. He's funny <laughs> in 40-Year-Old Virgin. And I thought he was actually really funny and knocked up. But, you know, in and of it himself, when he's on Saturday Night Live or Pineapple Express, he's not, like, he doesn't make me laugh on his own. And so yeah, see, Knocked Up is a movie I, I definitely did not really like. Interesting. That's probably, that's probably one of the only ones of Apatow's that I haven't liked. Do you remember uh, what you what you thought about Knocked Up that didn't do it for you? I, re- I remember just feeling like there wasn't a lot of comedy. It seemed like a lot more of a... Like an emotional story and more dramatic, and I I was going into it expecting you know like a typical Apatow comedy, and so to me it was a disappointment really you know. Well, I think that that's part of it is that you know, knocked up, it, you know, it's sort of similar to Forty Year Old Virgin in that you know while it has you know ostensibly is a comedy, it does have that you know complete storyline that sort of you know is driving it whereas these other ones are not necessarily plot driven yeah now have you seen forgetting sarah marshall i have i thought that movie was great i really yeah i I thought that was you know a a really well done example and again you know i i think that it was the writing you know as opposed to um you know the actors because i didn't really think any of the actors necessarily were, you know, people that I thought were funny going into it. So, not even Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, I like Paul Rudd. Plus, he's a Chiefs fan, so that always gets me uh, points in my book. <laughs> but, nice. uh, so I'm looking through Frat Pack. I mean, one thing that's sort of interesting is that 
Will Ferrell, you know, sort of started it off, you know, this new era, of course, Anchorman, and then, um, you know, Talladega Nights. But then, you know, he had sort of like recently, you know, I'm looking at semi-pro, you know, he, lately he hasn't been, you know, the lead that we sort of came to know, you know? Yeah. I mean, he had stepbrothers. Did you see that? Uh, I did see Step Brothers. I, th- I thought that was actually funnier than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, like, it was sort of surpri- sort of surprisingly good because it, it almost didn't expect it to be very good after right, right. after Semi Pro. Um, and Talladega Nights too was one that was. Uh, it it felt like a different. It had a different vibe to it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if I could really pinpoint exactly what it was, but yeah, right around that time is when. Will Ferrell seemed to like kind of take a turn, and he was doing like a whole bunch of sports movies and all that. Uh, I don't know if you did you see uh, Kicking and Screaming, his soccer movie. <laughs> you know, I actually I did see that only because it was on uh, HBO all the time when I was getting free HBO in my uh, studio <laughs> apartment. I think that's and, the only reason I saw it because it was on Stars or Encore or something. Yeah, yeah, I actually I enjoyed that. You know, yeah. But I mean, but I mean, at that point, it was he had gotten quite far from where he had started, and the type of humor he was used, you know, usually using, I thought. Right. So, I don't know. So now, other movies opening up. We have The Soloist and a new Wolverine X Men movie. Yeah. And The Soloist, I could have sworn it came out five months ago because I started seeing the trailer a year ago. Yeah, they've been advertising that for a long time, and uh, I I remember it. I actually had read that it got delayed for some reason. I mean, uh, I've seen the I've seen the trailer so many times. I feel like I've you know watched the movie twice already. So. Yes, yeah, I think it was supposed to come out. Uh, trying to find some information on it. Yeah, it was supposed to come out in November of last year, so that might be the reason. Because I I do remember also seeing ads like. Almost at the end of summer, or like at least during the fall, for it. But. Although I, I will say, I mean, I'm not going to go see it, but Robert Downey Jr. is about one of my favorites right now. After uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man and Tropic, Thun- Tropic Thunder. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, he's you know he's one of my favorites, and looking forward to him as Sherlock Holmes coming. Uh, Christmas Day. Really? This I is was a, not aware of that one. Breaking news here. This is a, a Guy Ritchie film. <laughs> but yeah, I think both of us kind of rediscovered him in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I've definitely been watching for yeah. him since, and he has not disappointed yet. So, uh, Any thoughts on the new Wolverine movie? Um, I'm, I'm thinking it's not going to be that great. But at the same time, I kind of want to see it just only because of the uh, new characters they're introducing. I mean, I don't think that the uh, Wolverine story itself is going to be all that compelling, but they're introducing like four other characters, and that might actually be the reason why, just so that there's other plots and stories going on. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting direction to take because I, I liked, you know, I think the reason I liked the X-Men franchise was seeing all the characters, you know, together yeah and it's also usually the point in their stories is that they can never like defeat anyone unless there's multiple 
you know, several of them present to combine powers and stuff. Almost uh, like a Captain Planet situation. <laughs> right. And I think that, you know, after this one, they're going to have another X-Men Origins for Magneto, which I think is going to be just a total downer. I mean, who's going to want to go see that? Well, that right. one, I think, is actually more of an interesting <laughs> story because uh, him and Professor X have, like, a whole history that's actually pretty interesting. So I, I, I think that one would be more... Like, just when we need another, like, concentration camp film. Like, let me guess, it's going to be in <laughs> sepia tone the whole time. Like, Well, that's probably true. <laughs> great. It's all about the comic book movies and the uh, darker comic book movies in particular. Um, anything else you want to add on the film topic? Um, oh, I did actually have one more uh, comment. So, about Soloist... Yes. I actually, I, I actually like came across a whole bunch of clips online because there's like a whole series of like CBS. I don't know if they're like interviews or just news pieces, but basically, like the soloist is based on a true story of like this journalist basically that found this guy that was homeless and ended up finding out his whole backstory and all that. So, like if you if you watch even more than like two or three of those online. You, you pretty much get the gist of, like, the entire story. And it's pretty well done considering, you know, it's like a professional news piece. So, anyways, yeah, I don't know why after watching all those clips you would feel all that compelled to go watch the movie, which I can't imagine would be any more compelling or, you know. Right. I don't know. So, well, one of my favorite things is, is film, cinema, if you will. One of my really favorite things is food. So I wanted to talk a little bit what? about food. What? You're interested in food? You, you didn't think that was a good enough segue? Uh, <laughs> so uh, one thing I particularly like is the uh, bakery bread area. And are you familiar with the Toronto brand of bread? I am indeed. So I tried those initially, and I thought they were, oh, you know, they're pretty good. But eventually I tried this other brand. I think it's, all, you know, mostly available only in the Chicago area, S. Rosen's. Okay. And much better, just, just soft, fresh, you know, good bread. And I always thought, you know, Rosen, oh, it must be, you know, Jewish. You know, that must be the, the, the secret. <laughs> Turns out, not Jewish, Polish, actually. Interesting. So, so I've been, uh, you know, I've been sort of deceived. I sort of thought I was getting a nice, uh, nice dew bread, but apparently not. So. All right. So then, uh, for Toronto, which kind do you usually get when you when you get it? Well, I don't I don't get those at all anymore. But with uh, with the Rosens, I get the the Kaiser roll. Is you can't go wrong with the Kaiser roll. All right. What, what's your what's your bread of choice? Um, I've had Toronto. And I have like I think their main one is their Italian bread, but uh, uh-huh. I, I always thought it was all right. But I wasn't like a huge fan, especially because I'm not a big fan of like hard crust, and it's pretty crusty. I mean, that's you know since not, it's round, there's just yeah, a lot of crust. Not that soft. Yeah. So I mean, well, the bread inside itself is pretty soft, but there's just a lot more crust than you'd have normally, and it's crunchier than you'd have normally. So I was never that big a fan, but uh, I. A while, I don't know, actually it's been quite a long time now, that I, I had got brown berry once and it was 
amazing. It was so good. It's like now, soft is that, is that, and spongy. Is that buns or is that regular bread or what? Regular bread. Loaves of bread. So I got the like the brownberry wheat and I have never turned back. So is that your standby bread now? Oh, that stuff is unbelievable. You can make anything on that. Now this is the, the big question. Is it a hundred percent whole grain? I believe it is. <laughs> question mark? You're not filling me with confidence here. <laughs> so once you establish that, which of course you need to be getting the whole grain for a variety of nutritional reasons, of course, you know, the regular, if it's not a whole grain, you know, they're, they're taking out all the, the real heart of it and just giving you the trap wheat. But uh, the more important question is, does it have high fructose corn syrup in it? And the answer, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say, yes, it does. <laughs> uh, hopefully not. I don't uh, know. Apparently, I, I, apparently, I need to uh, rethink my bread evaluations. Well, you know. I haven't given these any thought. If, if you're not reading the ingredients, you're only getting half the story here. Well, it is 100% whole wheat. Okay. I verified that. <laughs> well, check for the high fructose corn syrup. I'll bet you it's in there. It's not on their website. <laughs> <laughs> you mean they're not flashing that in uh, pink animated GIFs? Yeah, I mean, they got to advertise stuff like that, right? Um, That's how you know it's good for you. Just about every, even, you know, Sara Lee, 100% whole wheat, they have a whole, like, website dedicated to, like, the joy of baking or whatever, and they still have high fructose corn syrup in their bread. I hate so, high fructose corn syrup. So if you want to get uh, bread that doesn't have it, you got to go to Trader Joe's. Interesting. I'll have to try that out then. Cause uh, yeah, I I first found out about the whole corn syrup monopoly debacle, all that stuff when uh when I had tried some Mexican Coke and then found out there's this whole like underground importing of Mexican Coke in the <laughs> U.S. because right. they use the pure cane sugar and the thing tastes so much better and cleaner and all that. And yeah, if you if you actually take a look, like corn syrup. You can't find things without corn syrup unless you're looking really hard. You know, you just reminded me, when I was in London recently, I was, you know, take note, n taking note of all their print ads, and I saw a lot of American brands. I think one that stood out to me was Hellman's, and they were advertising that they used only, um, what's the word, like free-range um, chickens in their egg production for their mayo. Oh, yeah. And I thought that it was very strange that there are these American brands that have different formulas that are better in the rest of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and in America, we get the trap that, and no one cares, you know. Yeah. So. Well, that's why nobody's paying attention. They can get away with it. It's probably cheaper. They, yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, Americans... If they had the choice, you know, they would choose, you know, the free range. They would choose the real sugar as opposed to corn syrup. Yeah, but well, that one's a that one's a handout to farmers from the government. Yeah. Uh, Hello, this just in breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, yeah, I went over and picked up my package of brownberry bread just to check it out. Apparently. No high fructose corn syrup. There's real sugar in this thing. Breaking news! It's also kind of odd. There's a raisin juice concentrate and molasses in it. 
Well, clearly the sign of a uh, top tier bread is how much raisin juice concentrated has. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I buy my raisin juice by the gallon, so. Um, so, just just y- yesterday, someone brought in Tootsie Roll Pops into the office, and it brought back memories of uh, Charms Blow Pops. From, well, first of all, how many licks did it take to finish the Tootsie Roll Pop? Y- you know, it takes about 10 good minutes of constant licking, so, <laughs> you know. I mean, there's a lot of lips and there's a lot of socks in there. So, Hey-o. it takes about 10 minutes to get to the, the center. All right. Uh, so, I actually had to, like, I had to Google it using, like, sour apple pops at all. I didn't even, I didn't remember what they were called, but Charms Blow Pops, they were <laughs> about the, the best, uh, you know, lollipop for the, for my money. They were very so, good tasting, but the uh, I gotta say the gum in them was really crap. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't even care for the gum. I I wasn't even a big bubblegum fan for most of my childhood. Yeah. So, so any other uh, childhood candy memories that uh, take you back? I remember I was elated when I first discovered Reese's Pieces. That was probably uh, Reese's the Pieces. Best days of my life. Well, to this day, I think the best, uh, you know, Dairy Queen Blizzard combination is half Reese's Cups, half Reese's Pieces, because you get a consistent taste, but a contrast in texture. That sounds really good. I don't think I've combined the two. Yeah, a lot of uh, Dairy Queens, I don't even think, have the Reese's Pieces, so you might have to actually go to either other... um, you know, off-brand, whether it's, you know, Jeans, Dairy Dream, or what have you. What? Well, you just bring <laughs> your own and tell them to toss them in. I, I believe Brittany actually did, uh, on a night in college, she actually went out and bought Reese's Pieces separately, so just so <laughs> I could uh, make my own. Very nice. Uh, yeah, Blizzards so yeah, are Pieces, awesome. They are indeed. Cookie Dough Blizzards the best. Cookie dough is it is hard to beat cookie dough. Um, any other candies that? Other candies. I don't know. There were so many. I loved almond joy. Really? Uh, yeah. Actually, I, I like almonds in general in chocolate, and so like almond joy was one of the first that I had like that. But then like you know eventually they started adding almonds in everything, which I was really, really happy about, like the M&Ms and then later the Snickers with almonds and all those. Sure. So, yeah, I, th- I was very happy with that move, whoever made that decision. Sticking with my uh, my peanut butter theme here, I love peanut butter M&Ms. The red, those are good. Red, red package, you can't beat them, really. Yeah. Even regular peanut M&Ms are great. Yeah, not bad, you know. Really, all, all M&M's are, you know, sort of a classic. Bring well, me see, back to- after having the peanut and the peanut butter <laughs> and, the, and the almond, the plain ones seem so plain. Sure, sure. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of candy shell there for your, for your bang, but... Yeah. So, breaking news also, UConn women, national champions. Oh, that destroyed my bracket. <laughs> Seriously, who who saw that one coming? 
<laughs> I had all my money on Sienna. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, well, I think we've talked way too long for episode two, so I think it's time for us to sign off. And, uh, you know, we'll try and do this at least once a week and maybe twice a week if it warrants. So keep an eye out for the next Sounds episode. Good. Tremendous upside. And now that there's the feed, you don't even have to wait to, or try to figure out. Oh, wait, wait. Do we have sponsors for this week? Oh, this is a good question. <laughs> not only that, I was also thinking we kind of need a sign-off phrase. Though I, I, don't, I don't know if we can just come up with one on the spot. <laughs> uh, I think this episode was brought to you by Brownberry 100% Whole Wheat Bread. That is true. There was a little payola in there. Hopefully they will uh, cut us a check or at least send us some free bread. Brownberry wheat bread. It's made of raisins. All right. I love it. And 100%. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That's good enough for me. All right. Well, I guess uh, that'll do it. Good night.